0: Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org.
1: Welcome to the Future Church Initiative podcast sponsored by Leadership Network. My name is Hal Mayer, and today we have Dr. Ryan Delameter in the lab talking about Ocean Water Church. Good afternoon, Ryan. How are you doing? Good, Hal. Good to be with you. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, what, what's happening in your life right now? What, what kind of stuff? I see. A, I think I see a picture. All oh, the people listening won't see the picture. Is that a picture of your daughter on the? Uh,
2: that is. Uh, that's my daughter Quinn. She's uh, eighteen, starting college. Uh, in a few weeks, yeah, she's doing great. Um, yeah, so Marie and I. Um, next month, we've been uh, married for seven years. Um, yeah. we've blended blended family, uh, three kids and a grandbaby oh my yeah we yep we live in san Clemente, um california we've been here uh yeah coming up on seven years it's been awesome very good and uh kind of the way my faith got started i grew up in a home um my mother was like kind of a holiday catholic my father was a 60s hippie surfer he followed the teachings of a guy named parma yogananda who actually built um a temple in Encinitas here on the beach in California that still exists and uh my mother and father my my dad was in Vietnam um he got um medically discharged met my mother they got married had my sister uh, my sister studied um like women's studies at Cal State Fullerton so kind of my faith growing up was little bit of Catholic church. Uh, my dad, um, had like a room set aside in the house. He would, he would meditate, uh, with wow. incense and candles and stuff. And, and my sister studied women's studies. So in our family, everything was, everything was all good. It was, it was whatever, it was whatever you wanted <laughs> to do. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, which, um, is helpful for church planting thinking you know do do whatever you want it's not so helpful when you're thinking about how to get to heaven uh, but, but um, um I, I kept part of the thinking let go of some of some of the other stuff um but i first was invited to um a youth group when i was in high school actually where i live about about eight miles from where i live now here in san Clemente, there's a campground i was invited there as a high school student i ended up giving my life to christ and um at a camp where people were surfing and having a campfire and stuff. And, um, my senior year of high school, my, my youth pastor, I've been a Christian about three weeks. He said, Hey, you should start a Bible study. And, uh, I, I did. And I said, what's that? And he said, listen to my, uh, sit in the front row of the youth group and listen to what I say on, on Tuesday nights and then make a couple of notes and go tell your friends the next day at school. I said, that's awesome. I got it. So I uh, I did that and uh, I started this Bible study. Well, after a few months of doing this, my senior year, we had about twenty kids coming, and by by the middle of the year, we had about fifty kids coming. By the end of the year, we had a hundred kids coming. So wow. my my first year of of uh, that was ten percent of my of my high school. So I can look back now, and um, it's it's very interesting because sort of it i'm 48 now and now i can look back 30 years ago and uh i've kind of decided that's the lane i kind of want to be in kind of the startup to like 100 i really really like i really really enjoy it um and that had an impact on me so that was kind of my first year of christianity i can look back now i was like i kind of started a church in my high school (laughs) yeah yeah. it it was this kind of a thing and i ended up um yeah that's kind of how my how my faith got Faith got started in ministry. Oh,
1: that, that is cool. Now, we, when you presented at the Shark Tank, talking about what you were doing with Ocean Water and the yeah. needs, give us some background on what's had you start this whole movement with Ocean Water Church and what that's about. I mean, kind of the Genesis thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
2: essentially, um, I've had some large church experience. I've had some small church experience. I've actually loved both. Both have been both have been wonderful for me. Prior to what I'm doing now, I was a, I was a pastor at Saddleback Church for about four years. Loved it. Didn't want to leave. And uh, but I uh, I was um, doing my dissertation. I, I did doctorate in public health, studying water policy. As I started to do it, I thought to myself, "Well, geez, most of the problems in the world for water, they're in smaller areas, and they're in areas of the world where kind of a North American church." planting funding model that I had been taught really couldn't work uh, mm. for mostly for economic reasons. Uh, so I started to rethink, okay, how are we going to go and um, do ministry and plant churches and put water systems in these areas? So I had written a 20 page paper that I had uh, given to my, my friend, Kurt, who is still a Saddleback. has been there 26 years. He's the next gen pastor. I said, Hey, here's what I want to do. Because uh, from time to time, people would, would stand up and staff and say, Hey, it, once you've been here for, for a few years, we, we want to keep you around. You can even rewrite your job description. And so I thought, Well, this is great because I love doing youth, but I, I'm starting to feel more passionate for this. So I sort of consider this a rewriting of my job description. I gave it to Kurt. I went to uh, 26 meetings over a 24 month period. I got, when you're in a large organization, you do a lot of consensus building. You know, you want to. Build in the people who are stakeholders into the into the right. decision making process, and I, I I went through all of that. We got to the last uh, kind of last round of meetings, and and they told me, "Hey, look, this is great. We love it, but you you need to go. You need to go do this." And I thought, I know I need to go do this. This is why I've been. That's why I wrote this paper. I went to all these <laughs> I went to all these meetings for two years, <laughs> and they said, "No, you go do it because uh, this is." <clears throat> the dna of this is too entrepreneurial we're too big and bureaucratic and oh. you're just going to get frustrated in our environment and um i said to myself well i said to them jokingly to tom holiday uh, whose last sunday was actually just this past weekend and to Kurt, i said oh you guys are breaking up with me and uh <laughs> had, yeah you know anyone who's had some larger church experience can, oh, get, sure. can get a good laugh out of that and uh we laughed about it then we laughed about it now i, I just had coffee with kurt on friday uh, a few days ago <clears throat> and uh so that that was sort of my kind of invitation into what i'm doing now and essentially i had really fallen in love with with water in this um, project that i had been involved in in el salvador i'm kind of all over the place but if you'll just track with me for a minute yeah 2010 i rode my bicycle across for about a year. I went through a divorce in 2007, went back to grad school, grad school finishes, I go ride my bicycle for a year. I rode across Canada, down to South America, spent a year traveling on this bike ride. I learned about water, had no idea about it, got very interested in it. That's what I went back and did my post-grad studies in. And um, in 2015, I was invited down to El Salvador by a teacher there to help do some water buckets in a little village there fell in love with it um we did that for a few years no water buckets
1: what do you mean by that
2: water buckets are like point of use systems and they use just little it's like the same technology for uh, a dialysis machine a hospital and it essentially uses uh gravity to cleanse water from waterborne illnesses like typhoid diphtheria um etc
1: is that like lake water, ocean water? What is
2: it? Yeah, that's late. that's a, fre- a fresh body of water. that Those buckets okay. work. And we distributed those to, uh, man, 150 homes in Fiji, 500 homes in El Salvador. And I uh, had a great time doing it. And then in 2017, a group of m- my friends and I took the initiative to build a a small-scale desal system that ran off of solar because I thought, well, I've surfed um for since 1988 and I thought well I understand the ocean I understand desalinization and uh so we got a hold of some solar technology and, and over a three-year period we built a project um and, and it was great but it was it it, it cost a lot and um it, it it's very hard to scale small-scale desal they're they're the com- this the systems are cumbersome and they they cost quite a bit now the system was pretty effective in building relationships and providing water to a community. Now out of that, um, a church started. What I what I learned through all of this was that God was up to something with yeah. my love for ministry and my love for water. I basically committed the rest of my life to doing uh, church planting and water projects in areas that don't have a church and don't have water. Okay. That's what ocean water does.
1: Well, that's okay. And then on the state side, you're doing some churches that sponsor (laughs) these. Is that right? How's that go?
2: Yeah. So in 2019, uh, my friend um, Adam Watson, Bobby Ramsey and I started a guys group at my friend's uh, jiu jitsu studio. My Mm -hmm. friend's a two time world champion. He's the first American to go into Brazil and win a, a BJJ Brazilian jiu jitsu tournament in Brazil. He's a 3 stripe oh. black belt, trains a lot of athletes here. Very humble guy, really knows what he's doing. And another friend of mine who's a former chief of police for the city of Montana, graduated the FBI Academy. The three of us started a guys group. And uh, for the first eight months, there was about 20 guys that came. That's how our church in San Clemente started. It was just uh-huh. mostly guys. That church now <clears throat> meets, at a, meets at a coffee shop on Tuesday nights. We, we have deliberately strategically and intentionally kept our church, um, a few to 40 people. However, we've always been able to start one and right. that's what we do. I want to be very clear about that. That's, I think what we're supposed to do. And, um, what's happened now is three years later, is about 24, uh, churches. Now we have, we have more churches now than, than, than we're able to now now our water projects are playing catch up to our churches
1: yeah
2: um uh,
1: each church sponsors a water project
2: that's the goal yeah and and our kind of tagline is like salt water clean water living water Um, okay and so salt water is like the culture of just like the coast and the beach and clean water is how we serve a community and the living water is jesus and the peace that we have every day that we that we walk with them it's been fun it's it's been all over the place, it's
0: been great. If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it, no catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's the Art of to learn more and to get instant access.
1: So how many churches have you started outside the United States around your desalinization? So we've started one in El Salvador,
2: uh, one in Argentina, um, just getting one going in Indonesia. And then we had a, a, a group of churches in Pakistan. Uh, Dr. Amir Shabazz body asked me to be his pastor and to adopt his churches uh, because he had been doing ministry there for a very long time. He's lonely. He doesn't want to do it by himself anymore. Him and sure. I really got, got along. He asked if he could come under um, us, which was funny because <laughs> our churches are smaller, but he said that he, he trusts uh, our advisory team, et cetera. Yeah. And and there's a tremendous need for water in Pakistan. So the long answer to that is we have planted a a little over a dozen churches. And then we had a network of 10 churches in Pakistan that have asked us to adopt them. And that's how we get to that 24 uh, number. Yeah,
1: Man, that God's really up to something. That is is so neat. So give me a a story, a, a God story, a big win or something like that. I mean. You shared some there, but maybe there's something specific you would go out there with. Um, well,
2: just relately, lately, it was a year ago. We had um, a guy named Nico was driving two hours on Tuesday nights to come to church. He, he's a SAG, SAG certified actor, really great musician. And he was coming down on Tuesdays and I I could tell that, that God's hand was like really on his life. And I said you know, Nico, it's great. You drive down, um, to come to church, but you live up in Malibu. You should start a church up in up in Malibu. And, and he said, okay, I'll pray about it. He felt like he should. And, um, he said, what do I do? I said, well, why don't you just start surfing at your favorite surf spot, just asking people to come surf with you and then, and then just do some worship after on the beach and start your church that way. So we did first night I went, uh, there were seven people, He's been faithful. He stuck with it. A month ago, um, he, he, led to, he led to the Lord, uh, a guy named uh, Israel Dufus. He's the 13th ranked WBO lightweight boxer in the, in the world. And he asked me if I would come baptize him at Malibu Pier. And I said, I won't help you baptize him because he's your disciple. You baptize him. But I'll take some pictures. So I showed up. Now you biked up there on your bike, right? I did bike one time. Um, I didn't tell him that I was doing it. And he asked me to come to church. I rode a hundred miles from my house to Malibu. You're a beast. And and when I showed up in the parking lot, he took a photo of me and then he put on his, on his um, Instagram, he's a lot more social media active than I am. He said, he said, my friend rode a hundred miles to come to church today. You guys can get off your butts and get, get over here.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, so you show up at the
2: baptism. Um, So I show up at the baptism I take a photo Well Israel he's got a big Following on the internet He has 100,000 people That follow oh. him A real fit guy obviously he's a professional boxer And the press in Panama Took the photo And wrote a newspaper article In Panama of the photo That I took of Nico baptizing Israel in Malibu And it was a it was a that was a great story for me uh, because a I'm just really proud of Nico. Um, Yeah, he's the one who who's exercising all the all the faith. God's Sunday night he had 60 people at church in Malibu. The guy has no money. He started with no money, no people. 60 people at church.
1: believe it dude isn't that just the way god does it though just sometimes just flips the script and says you think you need this here's what you need that's so good
2: yeah that was really fun i'm really proud of him he's a he's just a really really wonderful wonderful guy hopefully you'll meet him sometime you'll really like him he's 28 real talented just a wonderful guy That, that was a big win i fought really hard to make i have fought really hard to try to make church planting fun And inexpensive for people in their 20s that just love God and are kind of over the like having to jump through all the hoops. The church, the church, the church world is amazing. I love it. I'm not one of these people that thinks there's only one correct way to do. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I will say this. I've noticed that if you take the NBA, NBA, for example, this isn't a great analogy. The NBA, they have a developmental league. Right. Um, It's called the D League or the G League. And it's a pathway to to playing in the pros. Here's a good question. What's the developmental league in the church these days? Right. And um, I see a lot of what I do as making ministry and making church planting just a lot more accessible for people who just – love God and want to go make disciples yeah. instead of <clears throat> kind of the way that I was taught was, wasn't right or wrong. I'm just acknowledging how I was taught. You know, I went to school and, and right. uh, I was a part of organizations where you sort of a, a slowly accumulated trust. I understand all those things, but while wow, the world's changing, we need a lot of innovation. We need a lot of, yeah. young, we need a lot of young people in ministry. So, so long story short, it was a big win when guys like Nico or, starting to plant churches and be successful and, and uh, it's, it's makes it worth it. You know? All
1: right. Let me ask you this one. Uh, you obviously have these young guys popping up, starting churches. What are you looking for in them before you ask them? Obviously they need to know Jesus, but what are some traits you look for in them? I mean, you know, how do you filter them or, or what's it look like to, I mean, the one guy I know was was traveling two hours.
2: I, I, I'm not sure. Um, Somebody else asked me this and I couldn't answer it. I'm a, I'm a lot of, I'm a lot of, there's a lot of things I'm not. One thing I can do is I can spot an undervalued leader from like a mile away. Okay. Okay. I just have like a radar for it. And, uh, sometimes leaders, sometimes really gifted people, they just don't fit in the way we do it. Right. You know? So, um, I don't know. I just, uh, you just have an ability to spot the town. I, cool. yeah, I just, I just kind of get along with that, <laughs> I guess.
1: Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, what's a big hill you're trying to chase right now? Something that's the next step for you guys or a milestone? or <laughs> Definitely raising capital.
2: I've never done it in my life, like really to the extent that I need to now. I mean, when I start looking at the amount of money we're going to need to fund, 5000 water projects. I, I see a world that easily needs 5000 water projects. Each and each of them making water for 40 to 100 people every day out of the, out of the air. Um, oh, out of air? Yeah, that, so that's a
1: new iteration. I didn't hear that
2: earlier. Yeah, things are changing quick. So when I met you in Nashville, we had a great time. Yeah. After that, after that, I was introduced to a materials scientist at MIT who who built a company that uh, essentially, they have these panels that convert water and um, that convert sunlight and air into drinking water. And and we installed um, a, like a beta test of this system on one of our pastor's homes here in San Clemente. And it's been collecting water for six months. It works amazing. That's the system that we're gonna use because it's more cost-effective than doing desalinization work. It's really easily scalable. I went to Phoenix. I met with the, the company I took a friend of mine there. But the, the big, the big hill for me now that I don't know what I'm doing is like, when you start looking at, okay, if we're really going to plant churches all over the world in the places where people need water, we're talking about a lot of churches, a lot of water projects. I've never raised millions of dollars for water projects. I totally don't know what I'm doing. Um, but that's okay but that that is kind of what's next it's 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 uncomfortable but i'm i'm trying to figure it out
1: <laughs> so if somebody's going i want to know more about this or i need to my church wants to sponsor well what <clears throat> first of all I, I, what's your website how do they get a hold
2: it's um ocnwtr.com and if you go on there you'll find um everything that that you need that we're doing okay the the uh, the projects cost fifty thousand dollars. That'll provide water for forty to sixty people every day in a renewable way. The the data for the systems on my phone, so the donors know like the location, the amount of water being produced. Really, it's really exciting. And yeah, if it's on your heart, it's it's a fifty thousand dollars for a water system. And that's with um, less than 15% of that admin fee coming to our church. 85% of it goes directly to hardware. So it's really exciting. Um, so, yeah. Be oh, great that's, great that's
1: involved. Yeah. So they can do it that way. Is that primarily the way you're doing it? Are do you still doing some desal and some buckets? Yeah, uh, we, we've, we've pivoted entirely to this system. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, we've pivoted now entirely to this system. Um, all you could do is keep learning, you know, and the buckets were Oh, ready. I love it. So you
1: change your name because it's it's ocean
2: water. It's got to be air water or something. Exactly. Huh? You're the second person who said that to me. Thank God it's only been two. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: if you're listening, email Ryan and tell him he needs to change the name again. Yeah. I don't know if you should change the name or not. I mean, yeah. got some traction with that one. Ryan, yeah. I love this stuff you're doing. Um, my church that I played in years ago, we, we helped drill a well in Africa. <clears throat> Oh, and, cool. uh, uh, Burkina what was, Faso. What was that like for your people? What was it? Oh, getting... it was it was exciting because what what happened? The way they did it is similar in yours We yeah. own they only drill a well where there's a uh, group that has a pastor, so he can. yeah exactly. in small little towns. Yeah. Exactly. The the <laughs> voodoo guy in town they never shared their water, so when the voodoo guy's well goes out, which it will, and these Christians, it's just it's life changing, and it's so. Yeah cool because you know i'm not just i mean listen i wish the whole world could get water yeah but i'm really going to send people to hell hydrate 100 percent, so the gospel with this is just I, I i'm just telling you what you're that is so uh cool and i love the way you keep evolving and iterating you know it's it's funny uh,
2: I, i'll say this like you know everyone kind of has a thesis whether they admit it or not you know when when you're working on something and uh, I, I, I'm just trying to stick with it. My thesis was I thought that churches that had a few to 40 people would be very easy to multiply. They could adopt another place in the world. Um, they could function in a, to help people get salt water, clean water and living water. It's fun. I, I just try to stick with it. You know, that's, I just try to stick with it. Keep, keep trying to improve. And, and in so many ways, after you kind of get past the, the startup, you just learn how to just keep at it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's been fun.
1: And so looking to figure out how to scale, raise money, and make it more more doable, I guess.
2: Yeah, we have uh six, six of the churches in in Pakistan have asked us to install these systems. It's 97% um Muslim. There's a massive need. Uh two areas in El Salvador have asked us to um, install these systems. Um, there's been a church in the church we started in Argentina has asked us to come and install the system. So we have the pastors, we have the need, we just need the capital. And, and then I just think it'll just, it'll just keep snowballing.
1: Well, you work. do you have a pathway now? You, you've got some people to, to raise some money with, or are you just oh, looking?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's something that, yes, I do. And, and, um, I'm working with, a, with, uh, someone who just sold, their company and he's my age and he he said that God's put it on his heart to help me do this and so we him and I have been starting to work together which has been great so just just pray for us just to absolutely just be successful I don't need the money for myself I'm I have a great life I mean I I'm blessed I'm I'm God's given me a family I love what I do but you know this this capital can be used to really help a lot of people and so that's what we want to get it to
1: well, thanks for what you're doing for the people around the world. I love this, man. You're unselfish with your ideas, and kicking it out there. Thanks for being a part of Shark Tank. Yep. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, God's best to you, man.
2: Yeah, you too, Hal. Thanks so much.